Why don't you stand just for a moment? Let's read the book of Exodus chapter number 40. If you'll turn there with me. To all these graduates, thank you so much for your tremendous giving of your effort and your time and your study. I happen to live with one and... Uh, School is not easy. You got to study and you got to plan and you got to work hard and they all did an amazing job and they're smart and the hand of God is on every one of them. That's what I love. College and high school, the hand of God is on every one of them and God is going to use them continually and mightily as they go forth in what the Lord has called them to do and to be. And for that, to God be the glory. Amen. So I salute these seniors, and I thank the Lord for their parents who have supported them and been with them. I think a great success of a student is a parent. So thank you for your steadfastness and your faithfulness to the Lord. Let me share just a uh, few moments, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm aware of the time, and we've had a great day of celebrating these students, and we wanted to do that. I just have a little something. I just feel like the Lord wants to wrap something up here today. And I pray that God would use these verses of Scripture to give us just a little insight into his will and voice for the next few moments. Exodus chapter number 40, verse 33. And he reared up the court round and about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Verse number 34, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of the Lord went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel, somebody say this, throughout all their journeys. I want to preach just for a moment, okay? Know exactly where I'm at, what time it is, who the crowd is. I got a feeling real deep in my spirit here. I want to preach journey of a lifetime journey of a lifetime and somebody said in Jesus name you may be seated if you were to take the time to study the 40th chapter of Exodus in the preceding verses up to verse 33 would give you the details of the setup the organization the elements of the tabernacle in the wilderness gives you a look, an insight into design and process and all the stuff you do and put it up and this is how it works. 
until the Bible says, then we hang uh, the court gate was the final thing that was placed. And once the court gate was hung in its suitable location, then the Bible says Moses finished the work. And as he finished the work, the Lord just honored the finished work. And the glory cloud of heaven just came and rested upon that place. I mean, there's, there's wind blowing and there's little dust clouds stirring outside of the tabernacle in the wilderness. And there's the distant uh, voice of the blading of sheep. And there's, there's some children in the distance that you hear are, you know, throwing some kind of little sacket or ball or stick or just playing. Then there has to be a whippoorwill. Brother Jeff Jensen and I have decided that there has to be in the evening time the sound of a whippoorwill. But all around this tabernacle in the wilderness, there is a beautiful expression of God's glory that is just hanging over a place that he calls home. In the night, it's a fire. In the day, it's a cloud. It's just God's glory just right there. And as long as God's glory is at that place and in that midst, nobody gathers their tents. Nobody gets their things in order. Everybody just says, as long as the glory of God is hovering, we're staying right here. Because there's nothing that we seek more important in our life and in our family and in our geographical location than the glory of God falling. Nothing. I need it not just at church. I need God's glory at home. I need it not just at home. I need God's glory on the job. Not just on the job, but I need God's glory in the car, in the vehicle, wherever I go. And whatever I'm doing, I'm seeking God's glory, His presence to be with me and on me. And the Bible says that as long as His glory was there, then they stayed but whenever they noticed that the glory had lifted, the cloud had lifted from the tabernacle, then the Bible says, then they took up their things and they journeyed. And they journeyed for a while and whenever they seen the settling of the cloud coming, they stopped and they put everything back together and the cloud dwelt there. So they may go a while, they may go a ways pacing and walking, but when it was time again, they set up and the glory came and dwelt there. And they said, we cannot leave until the glory leaves. And we will continue to stay as long as the glory stays. Wherever our life takes us, year after year, we will not depart from the glory of God. If there's anything I could leave on this day, it is this. No matter where you continue your education, 
No matter what happens in your profession that's coming down the road. For all of you young people who are coming into high school, who have graduated in the last few weeks or in the next couple of weeks. For any of those who may be moving into the next level from college. Things that you will do and places that you will work and people that you will meet and homes that you will buy. It must have one core principle. I can do nothing unless the glory of God is in the midst of what I do. I don't want to go on one date with the boy or a girl. I don't want to go into one classroom. I don't want to have one relationship. I don't want to have, unless the glory of God is in it. I don't want to get married. I don't want to have a house. I don't want to have a car unless the glory of God is in it. I'm in search on this journey that this journey is going to be a journey of a lifetime. I don't know what's happening around the next corner. I don't know what's happening over the next hill. I don't know what's happening at the next mile marker. But this one thing I have learned from my elders, and it is this, as long as God is with me, as long as God has orchestrated my steps, as long as the Lord has directed my path, as long as the glory of God is in my home and in my marriage and in my workplace and in my family, it doesn't matter what comes or what goes. I need the church to lean on. I need God to lean on. But as long as I've got the glory of God. Boy, if I had a few minutes, I'd just have a few people stand that tried it without God. If I had a few minutes, I'd have a few people stand and say, I do have a bad testimony. I did it my way. And you wrote the song before the song. And you did it your way, but it didn't lead to the right way. You brought sorrow in your heart. And you've got some issues in your life. And it's under the blood, but you know where the Lord brought you from. You know where he picked you up from. So now there's some testimonies in this house that says, if I could do anything, I'd put him first. And I'd say, God, I need your glory in my life. I need your presence in my life. I need you. Let me finish this, let me finish this uh, moment up in the book of Ezra. You may be seated. Ezra chapter number 8. <clears throat> I don't want to belabor the moment, but I do, I do want to share with you Ezra chapter number 8. The Bible talks about, if you read that, it's a time that God in chapter number 7 has orchestrated by his divine miraculous will that... Israel would leave Babylonian captivity. They were taken out of their land. Now they're going back to their land. God's orchestrated it. If you ever lost something, don't give up. God's got a plan to get you back where you're supposed to be. There's hope for us. So in chapter number 8, the Bible says that God used Ezra. And they begin to prepare for the return to Jerusalem. In this process, they got at least all kinds of this name and 200 and this name and 150 and this name and 100. And they took what they had and they took what they had acquired and 
they got all ready. And the Bible talks about the fact that they actually came to a place. And when they got to this place, they began to look around. And Ezra said, hold on, we got, we got men of good understanding, but I don't see any of the sons of Levi. And he said, we are going no further until we get some sons from the ministry here. We're going to get some priesthood in this group or we're not going another step. We're going to have the voice of God or we're not moving another day. It only happened because they started evaluating who's here in our life. Who's here on this journey? This journey is not going to be easy. You'll find it out in a moment as you read Ezra chapter number 8. This, this journey is not going to be without its uh, you know, issues and problems and aggressors along the way. So number one, we have to take an evaluation and see who's with me on this journey. We're awfully quiet here today. Is everybody okay? We need to, do we need to put the temperature down a little bit lower? Is anybody hot? Watch my crowd, Brother Patrick. I, I don't want them, if they get too comfortable, turn that, get on your little phone and turn that thing down to about 50. We'll get them stirring around. You get too comfortable, we, I, I, we start turning that thing down where we can get you moving. You'll just stand up, start. You wonder why it gets cold in here sometimes? You ain't moving enough. I'm just kidding. That's not, that's not really what we do. It stays on the same temperature. It's amazing to me. It's, it's on the same temperature every Sunday, every service. It's the same. Same people fan one week and they just freezing to death the next. I don't know what pastor did to that. It's the same every Sunday. I forget what I was preaching, but it was good. Ezra chapter number eight said this, that sometimes you just need to just take accountability of who's with you on this journey. <clears throat> who, who's in the group on this journey? It's a good place you're going, but who's with you? And they had some good people. The Bible says they're men of good understanding. There's, there's some good folks on this journey, but he does not find, he does not find any representation of the priesthood. And so he says, hold on a minute. We can't leave until we get somebody from the household of Levi. So he sends individuals into the place where the ministry college is. And he says to Adido, who is the lead ministry director of the priesthood, and he says, I want you to bring somebody to put in this caravan because we're taking a journey of a lifetime. We're leaving this captivity of Babylon, and we're going back to Jerusalem, and there's some hills and some curves, and there's some dark places. There's some days and there's some nights. But the one thing I know is we got to have the spirit and the presence of God with us in this caravan if we don't somewhere along the way we are going to miss the right turn we're going to come to a fork in a road and we're going to say which way do we go and when you're on the journey of a lifetime you can't miss it in the fork of the road help me Jesus you can't hang out with the wrong 
You can't, you can't expect to have success and hang out with the wrong boy and the wrong girl. You can't be looking for a mate for life and end up finding somebody who don't love God and serve God and trust God. This is a journey of a lifetime. And we need to evaluate today and make sure that I've got the voice of God speaking in the middle of the night while we're traveling down a road that splits two ways. Somebody bring the priesthood up here. Let there be a song and a message and a sermon and a voice of God to tell somebody go to the left or go to the right but we cannot afford to miss it my time is running out but you can't marry the wrong spouse help me Jesus you can't marry the wrong one and decide six months later or three years later or six years later well I just made a mistake that's why I'm preaching here today I'm trying to preach to somebody who started your journey of a lifetime and you have to make sure you got the voice of the man of God saying get in the house of God hear the voice of God submit to the will of God and let God direct your path we can help regrets well there's a lot of y'all quiet today I feel like I'm just I'm plowing in a field here today I'm plowing in a field here today if you're already married and you've, you thought some time ago this ain't the right one well, just don't shake your head now just you in it you in it now. And we're going to help you through it. Because if you'll get God in the middle of it, although it was a mistake and you got some stuff to get through, you can make it. If you let God help you, you can make it. It's all right, Brother Cotto. We got to help. Let's get them. And then this is what the Bible says in verse number 21. After he got them all there, and he got the ministry there, and they just, a whole bunch of them piled on board. He said, I'm just waiting on the ministry to come. They're just going to come by and give me a word. They're just going to come by. Sometimes you've got to go get them. Don't be disappointed that I didn't knock on your door last week and just check your temperature and give you a Tylenol and just make sure you're okay. Sometimes you got to go find the Levitical priesthood. You got to come to us. Come on, you got to go find it and say, in my tribe, I'm going to have a preacher in my tribe. As for me and my house, we're going to have a man of God in my house. I lay my hands on my children's head and on my wife's head and then I get Brother Patrick to pray over my family. I get Bishop to pray over my family because I want the power of God resting in my house. I need the glory of God resting in my home. I want the direction of God in my family. Come on, grab a preacher and say, put your hand on my head. Grab, come on, grab a preacher's wife and say, pray over me. You need the Levitical priesthood speaking into your life, praying over you. Now be careful about somebody just walking down the street or just pops up on the radar, laying hands on you, and they're full of all kind of rebellion. They're not submitted to nothing or nobody. You ain't putting your hand on my head. 
the Levitical priesthood praying over me. I got enough fights with the devil without getting a hold of something that's I'm not even knowing about. <laughs> Boy, I'm gonna tell you this thing's going just like a rock. There's a fork in the road. Which one are you gonna go? Which one are you gonna take? Which one's gonna bless you? Which one's gonna help you? Which one's gonna hurt you? Mama and daddy, the best thing we can do is make sure our children, our families have the anointing of God directing their path, making sure they're going in the right direction, choosing the right path, the right direction. There's going to be exits on this path. Somebody has got to steer them, to teach them, to lead them. Well, they're old enough. They can make their own decisions. If it's not the right decision, I'm involved in it. God's blessed me with an amazing son-in-law and daughter and my other two girls. And you know what? They got my, my daughter's grown now and she got a husband and they're an amazing couple and I thank God for them every day. If they start going down the wrong path, I'm going to be in the middle of it. I'm going to be fasting. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be seeking God. I want Bishop to say something to him. I need Brother Patrick to say something to him. Somebody, some of the priesthood has got to get a hold of my family. I'm hung up here. I'm trying to get past this, but there's something in the Holy Ghost that's just saying our families are more important than our jobs or our houses or our stuff or our things. I got to make sure the voice of God is being spoken on this journey of a lifetime. Ezra said, we got them all together now. We got them together. They're all here. We got, we got the families. We got men of good understanding. We got the Levitical priesthood. Everybody's here. We, we got a quorum group that's headed in the right direction. But he stopped and he said, you know what we got to do? We got to spend some time right now and we've got to fast and pray. Verse 21 says, Then I proclaim a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the, of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king saying the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake. You know what he said? So we fasted. And we besought our God for this. And he was entreated of us. Yeah. On this journey we're on. We got the, we got the priesthood. We got the, we got the people of good understanding. You need to have people that's got sense around you. Anybody get this? I've known people in my time that they, they looted. If they had to come tell you that they were powerfully people of God, you had to immediately started trying to question that. 
Because if you've got to announce yourself to me and convince me that you're a powerful person of God, I'm wondering if you're trying to just fake me out or not. But you know people of good understanding that's just got a good solid base of good common sense. If it's raining, get out of the rain. But then you need people that spiritually can give you direction and a voice. And then Ezra said, we're at a place here. We've got what we need in this caravan. But he said, this is what's going to happen. we got some enemy that's coming against us down the road somewhere. Our adversaries are going to rise up against us. And this is what we've said to the king while we have been in bondage. Our God is a powerful God. Our God can do all things. So since we proclaimed he was such a powerful God, we didn't go to the king and say, can we have a group of soldiers escort us back to Jerusalem? So he said the best way for us to go into these uncharted waters is sometimes you got to fast and you got to seek the face of God. Because when you start fasting and praying, then God is going to go before you and you don't need a soldier. You don't need a soldier with a sword or a horseman with a spear. You just entreat God. And when God says go, <clears throat> go. Does that make any sense to you? <clears throat> now, if God says stop, <clears throat> and you say, but we're on, a, we're on a downhill glide here. If God says stop, put your brakes on. Because you don't have any warriors going ahead of you. You got God speaking to you. And if you'll stop when God says stop, you want to encounter what's in front of you. God will stir them up. And I've read in the scripture where they just got all messed up and killed one another. And then when, it's all, when the highway's cleared, go on. Sometimes you got to wait on the Lord. Why is that important, Pastor? Because we're on the journey of a lifetime. I want you to marry the right person. I mean a male marrying a female and a female marrying a male. I mean, I didn't know I'd ever have to explain that. But I mean, I need you to marry the right person God has in your life. You're a young lady, God will send you the right young man. You're a young man, God will send you the right young lady. Well, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you'll seek the Lord, he'll bring the right one at the right time. And when God does it, he's doing it the right way at the right time. He got it all together. And they begin their journey. And God was before them. And they arrived at Jerusalem. They arrived at Jerusalem. Now, I want to tell you something. When they arrived at this place where they were going on this journey, they were tired. Bible says they had to rest three days. They rested three days. But when they finished resting, they said, it's time to worship. Now, next Sunday, all of you who aren't worshiping, next Sunday, you're tired this Sunday. Next Sunday, I need you to worship. And all of you who... We're going to get, 
We're going to give you the week off. But get rested for next Sunday. I'm, I'm more interested in be you being alert than I am you making a lap. God's trying to get us from bondage to blessing. He's trying to bring you home. He's trying to bring you back to Jerusalem. He's going to give your family back and your kids back and your house back. He's going to give you health back and your blessings back. I don't care what happened in Babylon. God's going to restore some things to you, and he's given you some things to bring it back. There ought to be a mama rejoicing that your son who's been away from God a long time is coming back. They're going to teach. They're going to talk. They're going to preach. God's going to give you your daughter back who's struggling, who don't know God, who's off in false doctrine. God's going to give you your daughter back and your grandkids back. God's going to, you're going back to Jerusalem, and everything the enemy took from you, God's going to give it back back to you. Somebody ought to write that in your little black book because God has taken individuals from bondage back to Jerusalem, back to blessings, back to renewing, back to restoration. Keep standing. You've been so kind today. Where'd you get all the vessels of gold? Where'd you get all that silver? Where'd you get all that stuff? We brought it with us from Babylon. And we're going to put it in the house of God. Whew. We hung our harps on the willow. But we're rested now. We're back home. Somebody strike a note. Somebody set the altar up. We're going to worship now. Woo! It's been a long time since I smelled the smells of Jerusalem. Been a long time since I heard the songs of Zion being played. Been a long time since I felt something move in my heart and in my soul like I'm feeling. Listen, I'm preaching to some people that's been away from the Lord for a while, but welcome home today. You may watch this message on Tuesday or Friday, but I'm preaching to you. Welcome home. God's doing something in your soul and in your spirit. No matter what you've been through and where you've been, God is waiting on you to just to come to yourself and say, I'm going to go back home because I know there's something in that place. I know there's something there. I want to tell these young people, this youth group, our college students, single adults, I want to tell you, I'm not going to move until the glory moves. And I'm going to follow that cloud wherever it goes. If it goes over here, I'm going to go over here. If that cloud moves and it goes over here, I'm going to go over here. And when it stops, I'm going to get as close as I can under it. I'm going to set up shop. When that cloud moves, I'm pulling up stakes. How's that working out for you? Is there any witnesses? Just raise a hand and say all these years. I once was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. Bishop, can you witness that? Brother Barnett, can you witness that in all your years? Never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Brother Myers, can you witness that? God just always been there. Didn't understand it, but you walked through it, Sister Sue. God did it. 
He's never left me, never forsake me. Have you ever been through a tough time? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But we got some places that we remember by that river. We stopped and fasted for three days and prayed and sought the Lord. And God said, I'm with you. I give you peace. Go on your journey. The enemy will not affect you. And now we made it home to the beautiful sights of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for this moment. I want to thank you for these people that are in this congregation or any who might be joining us in any format of social media. God, I pray that you would help us to some way and somehow be so hungry to follow the cloud. Be so hungry to make sure that all the components are in this caravan as we move through life. We need your presence today. We need your spirit today. We need your anointing today. We speak it in Jesus' name. I wonder if these graduates would just come stand across this front here on this Sunday. All you graduates, high school and college, just join me here just for a moment. Just join us up here. Thank you. Just join us. Just turn around because I want people to come pray with you. We want to pray over them. Some amazing people here today. Some amazing people here today. I want the hand of God to rest on them. I want the presence of the Lord to rest on them. Well, we got two or three more somewhere. Where are they at? Come on, come on up here wherever you are. Just come on the front. If you can hear me somewhere back there, just come on. I'll sing. Y'all come down here and get prayed for. Amen. We need God in the journey. We need the anointing in the journey. We need God's spirit in the journey. We need God's direction in the journey. We got to have the voice of God talking to us and leading us. Come on, seniors. I want you right down here. Gabby, Evelyn, right down here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I need, some, I need some brothers and sisters to come down here. Just connect with us for a few minutes. I want you to find, there's, there's some beautiful ladies and an amazing young man here today. We need God just to do something special in this room. I don't know what's in front of them, but the Holy Ghost has told them that if you'll just select God's direction in your life, everything will be all right. Amen. Maybe some grandparents come down here and help us pray for some of these students. Even if it's not your grandchild, just come down here and get a hold of them for a minute. Spend some time praying with them. Mom and Dad, why don't you come on down here? Department leaders, come on down here. Members of the congregation, come on down here. Say, Pastor, you've taken all this time to do this? Yeah. Because there's a bend in the road somewhere. There's a bend in the road somewhere. There's a fork in the road somewhere. There's something that's going to be a, you know? Somebody needs to lay your hand on them. Come on. They're going to find the right spouse, the right job, 
the right car, the right house, the right things in their life. They're going to be called in the correct ministry.